Welcome to the Turbo Trans podcast, the podcast for all things cars. On this week of the F1 segment of the Turbo Trans podcast, we are going to talk about all the events surrounding the 2021 British Grand Prix held at Silverstone. So, guys, uh, welcome. You'll be. I'm with joined by Kevin Mark Franklin. Hey, everyone. And uh, Namit David. Hello, everyone. Uh, and i think it's a pleasure to meet all of you i think it's been quite a long time since we've uh, recorded an episode and it's quite uh, honestly a pleasure to have you back on the podcast and uh, this week we had a new type of um, racing format that was in pl- applied to the uh, grand prix this week and that was the format of sprint qualifying this is supposed to be held for two other grand prix this year and uh, the sprint qualifying is something that has mostly we've seen sometimes in uh, formula 2 but it has never been seen before in f1 so basically the sprint qualifying as it is is basically consisting of uh, the events spread out over three days the first day consists of a single free practice session rather than two free practice sessions and followed by the qualifying which is pretty strange since we're used to having i mean i mean qualifying. it's also it's also the free the free practice session it's about uh, an an hour's time right about 60 minutes yeah it's about it's no longer the usual 90 minutes yeah yeah. Uh, so, yeah yeah it's no longer the usual 90 and the standard is basically divided into the q1 q2 q3 formats so basically that that remains Mm-hmm. but it was essentially instead of a 90 they reduced it by 30 minutes to 60 exactly yeah and the so after the, qualif- so the qualifying sets the position for the sprint race which happens the next day sprint race is preceded mm-hmm. by another free practice session where teams can collect data the sprint race the winners of the sprint race the three podium setters will get 3 2 and 1 championship point respectively and that mm-hmm. position will set the final grid for the race on sunday and it was a new format quite a lot of mixed emotions some felt it was quite something new and quite a lot of the veterans also felt that it was something that shouldn't be done including the likes of um, former world champions sebastian vettel and nico rosberg i mean yeah yeah so certainly a lot of them gave their doubts regarding you know the the option of going sprint and obviously i think we also had our own reserves of the whole sprint format but i think generally if you look at it i think it was pretty good uh because you know why i would say that there was no stress on the drivers to save their tires for longer if you look at it you know usually drivers generally you know always put under this pressure to manage their tires and manage their engine temperature and manage everything else about their car but if mm-hmm. just looking at alonso the way he jumped off the line <laughs> the way he gained so many places could show you that basically alonso was just giving it what do you guys think this kind of brought us back to old school formula 1 like you said they didn't really have to worry about tires and they were on a low Correct. fuel load so it was actually pushing each and every lap back to pure racing if you'd like to call it exactly. that exactly 
exactly yeah so instead of being a marathon then what is uh, what it traditionally is you know the it actually kind of goes in with the name sprint yeah exactly so generally i think yeah the uh, i think i think i enjoyed the sprint what about you and uh, what about namit and ajun what do you guys think Personally, I would say that uh, the sprint was, I think it was actually kind of eventful and nice because, uh, I mean, the problem with qualifying that, you know, usually people would saw, people saw that, you know, sometimes when you're trying to set the fastest lap of the race, you know, uh, same thing that happened in Austria uh, just a few weeks back where uh, Sebastian Vettel came out of nowhere and, you know, ruined Alonso's lap. And that happens with quite a few people. And, you know, it leads, I mean, of course, it does have a lot of interest, but, you know, true, it true. kind of... Uh, ruins the show for quite a lot of the drivers here it's and you know uh all for one one for all kind of game and everyone, yeah yeah like everyone everyone's literally pushing it and you know going ahead yeah. exactly and you know it's very interesting and i think uh the sprint qualifying i think some people are uh, maybe a little bit cynical about i mean even vettel at the end of the day even said that he did kind of enjoy it as well so i think mm-hmm. um it's only fair to give uh, the new format a little more of a chance and have it to be applied to a few more formula 1 races you know so people can get used to it because honestly i think this formula has a lot of potential pun intended <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> i i think it was really it was a gold opportunity for all those drivers in the midfield and lower down because they didn't have to dive in a strategy per se it was just pedal to the metal and we clearly saw that with George Absolutely. Russell in the yeah. Williams putting that yeah. car in ninth a place that car would never finish under normal circumstances <laughs> exactly right exactly so it was a refreshing no change to see the Williams actually finish on the same lap as most of the grid true yeah i mean uh, with all the speculation that you know George Russell is going to go to Mercedes next year i mean heaven sake i would not even try to imagine what he would be able to perform in the mercedes i mean he might even out qualify lewis hamilton on every race and that would be something to you know behold rosberg yeah. and hamilton kind of rivalry again yeah rosberg and hamilton kind of because we all know bottas essentially isn't the kind of guy that's going to fight back he and even in even in this even in the final race which we'll get to later on if you remember he in the last in the last few laps where uh, lewis was catching on to leclerc there was this team radio between bottas and the team where basically they say they ask him to hold off and not fight with hamilton and then he just he just he was he was being the obedient guy he isn't just listen that would not happen that if it were if if that was rosberg or if that was russell they wouldn't care they would just give it and they would just go gun it and get their place bottas is a bit like barrichello it's very sad he's a great talent but he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah i would say he's probably one of the few finnish people in the world who are actually unhappy right now <laughs> and looking at kimi well yeah i do think kimi seems to be very happy even though that alpha is underperforming but yeah anyway back to the weekend now so sprint qualifying was quite eventful what did you all think about it this yeah this sprint quality was pretty good the general format of the weekend was uh obviously in the direction of red bull and mercedes you know compared to last weekend mercedes really you know they they were they actually pretty good i mean in fp1 didn't seem like it fp1 we had max lando and lewis finishing up the top 3 with obviously 
uh, although lewis did more laps than max in fp1 okay and but still uh, max still managed to beat the merc uh, but it was surprising to see lando up at second and obviously we went through qualifying uh, essentially the sprint qualifying and that's where lewis surprised us but i mean we shouldn't be surprised that is his home grand prix so they obviously had to have something up their sleeve do you know to beat to beat the red bull so yeah so into qualifying i would say it was pretty good uh seeing charles at number 4 um i was surprised i mean i didn't expect him i didn't expect ferrari to be in the top 5 at silverstone to be honest i was thinking maybe sergio would be in 4 and lando in 5 but really good and we all know what what happened to charles later on in the race mm-hmm. yeah so so i would say the qualifying was really good uh i do have another thing though i think that would be it's quite controversial but i think maybe this was a proposal okay but it was trash talked by drivers but i think it was it's a good proposal okay reverse grid formats whoever qualifies first okay in the qualifying should end up being last place in the in the sprint race how fun would that be like the people with the most powerful cars at the back of the grid people with the least powerful cars at the front of the grid i mean that's my personal reservation what do you guys that's think absolute uh, that imagine mazepin <laughs> I mean, I doubt the Haas could even hold anything behind it. True, exactly. I mean, Mazda yeah. crash into Schumacher in both their fates. That's, yeah. that's probably only time George Russell has a chance. Yeah, for real. Oh, George would fly. George would absolutely fly. Yeah. If so, this was done in Monaco, you'd see the greatest podium that you'd never see ever again. <laughs> indeed, indeed, and I think one thing that um, most people aren't really talking about, but really deserves a lot of credit. I think Esteban Ocon really, really came into place in the sprint race and the race as well. I mean, Ocon is really showing a lot of uh, not good talent now, and including including qualifying, sprint, and even the race itself. Race, of course, he finished in the points, which is surprising. But you know, Ocon, I think uh, slowly and surely, I think he's really. May uh, achieving a lot of good pace now, and he's keeping up with Alonso himself. So you know, kudos to him for real. Certainly. Yes, and definitely. speaking of Ocon, yeah, uh, Namit, you were saying something. Go ahead, Namit. Uh, no, definitely. I think Ocon's struggle in form has slowly gone away, and he's getting back his confidence that he had at the beginning of the year. Surely, well, yes. Well, you do know they say that there's the contract curse, where when you sign a multi-year deal, you immediately start performing horribly. <laughs> well, I think he's slowly warding away that. Mm. Yeah, that is true. Quite true. That, that um, is true. Of course, now, considering that both Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen are in the same team, it's now the anti-Ocon squad. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. I mean, and speaking of uh, Alpine and Ocon in general, uh, what was that performance by Alonso in the sprint race, guys? What do you guys think of that? The yeah, that sprint race. I mean, Alonso was enjoying himself. So, I mean, any happy Alonso means happy me. So. He wasn't holding back. The man wasn't holding back. The man was just I mean, giving it to... I mean, won his championship in 2005, which is just basically when we were still young and toddlers. And, and mm. he's performing, performing so incredibly well, even after all these years. I mean, that's really commendable. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think for a moment or two, he forgot he was 39 and it's back to his younger days. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's for real. Even Kimi Raikkonen went, even in, just in two, 2018 itself, he won another Grand Prix and he was like, what, 39 as well? And 38, 39. And, you know, I think it's just down to the car being good yes. at that point. I think yeah, some yeah. of these cars do much better on a lower fuel load. Like, you know, instead of the typical race where you're fully loaded down and you're observing, yeah. some of them correct, seem to correct. do much better when you're just pushing them each lap. They have yeah, one yeah. lap pace rather than full race pace. Certainly, yeah. yeah. Because also, I think the midfield there was a lot more activity in the midfield compared to a regular Formula One race, right? You saw a lot of switches in the midfield. You saw Aston Martin jump down, come up, and then you saw obviously, uh, you obviously saw the uh, Alpha Tauri come down. Then you saw George Russell battling it out in Vettel, uh, Haas. No matter anything, they're still they're still being consistent. I like that Haas is being consistent <laughs> as always. No matter a sprint race, even if it's a reverse grid, I don't I don't think they had stand a chance. But what did you think about Perez? It was quite unfortunate. And oh yeah, it yeah. His his, his weekend was he he's had a pretty bad weekend, I would say, Silverstone. I mean, Red Bull in general have had a terrible weekend. They yeah, were they were looking good with Max in sprint, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So so I think that sums up sprint. Does do we miss any other iconic battle in sprint? I think uh, this is like in in a way kind of the reverse Baku for um, Mercedes, where uh, you know yeah. uh, Max Verstappen and both Sergio Perez both finished out of the points. I mean, except for Sergio setting the fastest lap of the race. But other than mm, that, they all finished yeah. out of the points in general. And, in the uh, end, they did. Yeah, yeah, for real. And um, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, the sprint, I mean, the final Grand Prix grid just became a Red Bull sandwich in a way. Yeah. And now speaking of the final Grand Prix, I think we jumped to that. But before that, I think uh, bringing up Charles as well. See, as, a, as an avid Ferrari fan. Okay. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. It, of course. Yes, no, I mean, you know. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Charles, my boy, just absolutely killed it in the Grand Prix. In the, in the Grand Prix. So, the yeah, so let's... unquote greatest team of all time, according yeah, to Kevin. Uh, yeah, the greatest team of all time. <laughs> no, and, but, yeah, uh, I mean, like, and Kevin, hashtag the number one Ferrari ambassador. Credit hashtag. Guys, if you consider this, um, you do realize that um, Ferrari before Silverstone had actually led only a single lap in the entire till now in 2021 had only led a single lap. Yeah, yeah. Only the chance that the tally is now up to 43, I think. Yeah, 43. I think it's 44 or 43. No, Somewhere 40. around that realm. Any any of our listeners can fact check us. We don't mind this <laughs> too. <No. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, speaking of the Grand Prix. I think it's time we dive into the Grand Prix. Um, obviously, oh, it's forty-eight. It's forty-eight. Oh, forty-eight. Oh, yes, forty-eight. Yes, forty-eight laps. Forty-eight. Yes. Forty-eight. Before and, he was uh, overtaken at the end, he kept that. Uh, let's be honest. Honestly, a shit box of Ferrari in absolute amazing. Yeah, place. I see. As 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 a Ferrari fan myself, I agree. This year's Ferrari, last year's was a tractor. This year's. This year's a much it's a much it's a much faster tractor this year. Okay. <laughs> but I it's actually still a liked the color scheme of the older tractor, you know, less green, so it didn't look like it was out of Hamul farm <laughs> sort of land, you know. It looks like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very I mean, I mean, 
Very cheeky, guys. Very cheeky. Very nice. I mean, very nice. Okay. Anyhow, but makes still, it look a bit like the mystery machine from Scooby Doo. So, I mean, if, if, if you're still a little childish and you like that kind of thing, the sorry, Kevin. I'm I'm saying such terrible things about the greatest team ever. Uh, you may go ahead. <laughs> see, see, I see. I agree. We're not doing well. All right. You just look at our past. Okay. Look at our past, and uh, and also I think we had. Uh, Ferrari's first F1 uh, winning car also that weekend at Silverstone did you guys watch the I did I did video I did yep. you watched the video where uh... by the way who who was the driver who drove the car I forgot uh was it uh, it it wasn't Charles right they had another driver come in please do, I I know I I know his name I don't know I do not <laughs> remember let me pull it up I should be knowing I don't so do you all remember who was the three moment um no who clue was the though. guy okay uh since we don't know since oh shoot we, we should have known uh oh no i mean i should have known at least coming into the podcast but never mind let's let's winning the world yeah. this year then we finding out in the next 5 minutes so it's fine yeah okay okay fine let's let's okay let's move forward okay so the race the opening lap wow ah, yes the opening lap the opening lap is okay i'm 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 going to let you two start it off uh, namit you you want to go first and give your thoughts on what happened um and yeah, also your opinion as well yes definitely um i think if i was to put this in perspective i'd like to draw parallels to hamilton and albon's accident in austria turn 4 last year where Hamilton was on the inside yes. and clipped Albon on the outside. If you look at it, this was more or less the same, except a little faster and a little deadlier, if I have to say. Mm. I completely agree with Christian Horner when he said, you don't stick a wheel up the inside on the fastest corner in the track and expecting him not to turn in to take the racing line. And mm. 51Gs is quite an impact, huh? It's up there with the heaviest yeah, yeah. impacts that you take on it's an accident. It's the second yeah. most, uh, second only uh, to, I think, Grosjean's accident last year in uh, Bahrain. Yeah, it's pretty awful. And if you did listen in to Verstappen's team radio, um, it wasn't shown on yeah, the live after the crash. But it was just yeah. cursing and heavy breathing. Yeah. And so I think it's not warranted of a one-race ban. Hamilton did get his two penalty points on his license which puts him up to 4 but I do think a stop go penalty was in order or maybe a disqualification because that was an intense accident and it is great that Verstappen wasn't stretched out of it and you know yeah, honestly um, I find it uh, for me personal opinions it was quite sad for Max to uh, I mean see him I mean in that state I mean he was barely almost able barely able to walk Yeah, um, he was limping. Yeah, yeah, and but I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's just in all honesty, for all the respect that we have for F one, I think it it really you know showed that the dark side of the FIA and the Formula One world because I mean what we saw in Austria and Styria, I mean, most specifically in the Austrian Grand Prix, where you know the stewards were just showering penalty points on Lando Norris and other such younger drivers, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, they were they're basically like 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 Oprah. Yeah, exactly. You get a penalty point. You get a penalty point. Wait, was it was it was it was it Ellen or Oprah? Was it, it was Oprah, right? Was it? It was Oprah. Yeah. 
like <laughs> you get a car instead of car you get a penalty point exactly yeah. and, and yeah. all of those and all of those are barely anything compared to what happened in silverstone i mean and and he got a 5 second penalty uh, hamilton uh, you know uh, crashes uh, max verstappen into a wall at 51 g is the second highest of an f1 race till date and almost killed the man almost uh, and he just gets 10 seconds wow and which is not even a stop go it like you can serve it anytime you want yeah and uh, it really makes me sad in a way yeah. it is very sad it's it's, it's a let down on their part to play partial to be so partial to hamilton and and we're lucky that it's these modern f1 cars that can take impact forces and that can actually dissipate the the energy so much because in olden days the crashes actually there was a crash in the 70s i'm not sure whom but they recorded the force very high and his internal organs actually moved a few inches to the left so just saying it's it's not to be taken lightly and it really is a blessing that he walked away from that one quite true i mean in fact uh, of all the people in the world nikita mazepin put it perfectly uh, to quote him i just think f1 is a very two-faced world if you have a big name under you with loads of championships under your belt your actions are criticized less than if you don't and i think that's you know for all the man that we have for all the criticism that <laughs> man i think that's really true yes yeah yes. that is that is perfectly kevin good. what's your uh, take on this whole incident so yeah coming in i think we uh, me and ujwal are on an instagram f1 group so i uh, coming in i was really supportive of max okay i still am supportive of max uh, let me finish uh, let me get into this so looking at the incident more and more i would say you know um see lewis did to turn into that corner but i did think that it could have been a split second decision that his reflexes would have could have not made uh generally i think moving in uh, i think there were he could have gone more to the right max could have gone more to the left right i do think it's a racing incident mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, from my perspective i think it's a racing incident but certainly obviously uh, but then as christian horner said you know as being a seven time world champion right he should know that that's being the fastest one of the fastest corners in in the season basically uh that turning in at that speed you know that to behind the the behind someone who's already turned in uh could lead to consequences so i think lewis should have known but also giving the benefit to lewis saying that you know it really was wheel to wheel racing they they would have crashed earlier if you remember in the turn before that two turns before mm-hmm. that yes. when they came out exited the corner they came wheel to wheel thankfully nothing happened there but after seeing that i did feel it was going to bound to happen but certainly what happened to max was terrible he jumped in but i personally think it's a racing incident i think it was warranted for it to happen because of the kind of wheel to wheel racing we fans generally ask for that was perfect example of wheel to wheel racing but i do think but here's where my view stands uh, i think lewis should have served a longer penalty 10 seconds was absolute trash uh 10 seconds was nothing okay <laughs> honestly the 10 second penalty was nothing uh, i do not support a race ban although i was supportive of it initially then looking into it i thought no i don't think it's race ban worthy i did think uh i did think that maybe a dnf okay 
Dinoff would have helped. Well, okay. DNF would have helped, you know, or or maybe a grid penalty, you know, starting from the pits, even even a fifteen second, and uh, not even fifteen, at least half a minute stop, you know, that would yeah. have been far better. Stop go penalty right at that point because at that point many many of the races. Were yeah, yeah, and also if you notice, he had some wing damage. Lewis yeah. had wing damage. Yeah, in fact, and, one of the drivers pointed it out. I think because uh, I think they said that because of the red flag is because Lewis won. Correct, because correct. Because of the damage. Uh, he would yeah. never have finished in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, if see if at all he, something would have happened to his car, far more severe, he would have spun out as well. Okay, then he also would have been a he also would have been severely damaged. But because the place the the race was red flagged, and they had like almost what the thirty minutes, the team had their time. They repaired their aero, they uh, repaired the damage in the front wing. Uh, obviously, the teams were allowed to change tires if they wanted to, but I don't think they changed tires. Uh, did mm-hmm. they change tires? They didn't change tires. They they stuck with the tires, right? Uh, I think no, they did they stick didn't. with the tires. Yeah, I think they, st- they stuck with the tires, but still, they stuck you know, with the tires. Yeah, yeah, and that I gave guess. him a complete reset, essentially, a complete reset from the incident he had, and then yeah, they just gave him that option. And obviously, stewards took so long. Uh, Toto sent his email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Toto sent his uh, Toto sent his email with the diagrams. And then um, he got. I'm, uh, surprised and, took, I, well, I'm surprised that it took that fast to send the picture of the diagrams. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the team right there would be on it, you know, to defend, to give their defense and, you know, be ready yeah. with the data anyhow. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Michael's reply was pretty good. I don't check, Toto, I don't check my emails during a race. I concentrate on the race. That was a pretty good reply. And then obviously, we saw Christian Horner give his thoughts. Uh, his his views on what what happened, and uh, yeah, uh, but uh, generally, you know, I think it's a racing incident. But uh, Lewis's penalty was justified, but not that penalty. A longer penalty, something else would have helped. And also, um, the whole there's this also another element of this where people online are saying Lewis shouldn't have, uh, you know, partied or you know, uh, celebrated yeah, after this podium. The way mm-hmm. that's what people are saying. When Grosjean went to the fire, yeah, last I know. year, I know. Max and Lewis, both of them were parting, okay, on the podium. Although they did acknowledge Grosjean and they did yeah. this thing, they partied like usual. So when it comes to that aspect, I'm not going to say the same thing. Although I did have this view initially, you know, but then I was, uh, I initially obviously on the group Ujwal knows, I was putting out messages saying uh, Lewis shouldn't have partied the way he is, and I I take it back, okay, I take it back because uh, I was just going through previous Grand Prix, previous photos, uh, and then it just it hit me because yeah, it hit me uh, <laughs> when, when Grosjean went into a fire, something far worse, right? Uh, Max didn't uh, basically they didn't have like a very solemn, I would say, celebration. Pretty good celebration, wasn't it? And was it the Abu Dhabi style, the the best of the best celebration? So certainly that aspect, uh, I disagree with that. So I would say definitely longer penalty, uh, would be better. And obviously any sort of racist abuse coming towards Lewis, we are yeah, cha- championing that. We're not. We're not championing that. Very right? We're clearly not. Yeah. yeah, it's really unfortunate. Obviously, go ahead criticize but uh, people to be using it as an opportunity to throw racial slurs come on be professional mm-hmm. guys yeah it's racing at the end of the day and i would say this incident definitely teaches us 
teaches the drivers also gives them experience that now they know how to basically you know approach that corner now certainly yeah uh, yeah so that's so that's my view uh to to sum it up essentially i think it's a 50-50 and uh, i don't think uh i don't think it's 50-50 sorry i think it's a racing incident but i think uh lewis will have deserved a harsher penalty yeah so that's my view now um coming to my view on this personally i would i would kind of agree but to be honest with you if you do remember that uh, lewis does have a very notorious history of crashing red bulls if you do remember <laughs> Very yeah. notorious. I mean, uh, and uh, he didn't crash Albon once. He crashed Albon, I think, twice. Twice. Yes. Twice. Uh, twice. twice. And, and, uh, and, uh, and do you remember what uh, what what Albon said? Uh, I I think Albon said, uh, he's uh, what did he call him? Uh, this guy is such a sore loser. So uh, yeah, a sore loser. Yes. <laughs> so you could. <laughs> And you know, all of them are yeah. trying to avoid a race win or you know a podium finish or something like that. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, uh, if it wasn't for those, I would have probably given Lewis the thing. But it seems like a pattern to me that Lewis just does seem to have a little bit of an affinity towards crashing red bulls. Mm-hmm. I, I and that's hello? interesting. Yes, number yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, and, and more than anything, um, coming to the people who were being, I mean, yeah, of course, I don't uh, agree with you know Lewis's thing that it was my line and all that because clearly from the uh, diagram itself, I could pretty clearly see that he would have gone in much earlier and you know the collision could have been avoided quite a lot. Um, but coming to you know the racist abuses that were hurled towards uh, Lewis Hamilton for that matter, I think I think it's uh, quite a sad and very sorry state to see that you know toxicity. Uh, towards you know players of regardless of the race, is, is you know seeping into sports such as f1 and even euro 2020 as we saw what happened uh, the, the events were quite regrettable and condemnable honestly uh, including where even uh, driver lando norris was mugged and his watch was stolen so when he had some um and i think my, my my message to these people would be you know the only race you should be talking about is the grand prix and not the about the drivers i would say that yeah well That's, said well said well said well said yeah, absolutely i mean obviously we we three condemn it yes. we don't agree obviously c- criticism yes you can criticize him uh obviously criticize the move going people going against them personally is a stupid move but why would you go against someone personally criticize you know the move you know criticize the incident but it's your it's your freedom of speech to say that Obviously, going against that personally—that's uh, a clown move, I would say. Yeah. So certainly, I think it's been an eventful weekend, guys. I think it's been uh, the whole drama was obviously that incident we discussed. You know, the whole and it's still continuing actually. <laughs> More people giving in their their views and statements. You know, yeah, and it still continues. Certainly, it's uh, it's something that stood out. You know, so someone we didn't give enough time. You know, before we wrap up, uh, I would say Charles deserved the win. I would say this is this was this was Charles. Charles sad Charles for despite the engine cuts he had <laughs> the multiple engine cuts you know yeah like Charles Charles is panicking what happened what happened what happened <laughs> what happened hey what happened and then the Italians are like no got to calm down it's I mean, fine I mean, it's back on yeah engine he said again it happened thrice dude. Thrice, and then the th- third time they gave him the solution to it, and that was fine. But yeah, I think maybe in the end, instead of bringing uh, if Ferrari bought in uh, 
Leclerc instead of Carlos Sainz, you know, the to pit in that order. First Leclerc and then Sainz. And they didn't, and if they switched out the tires to a different tire, I think it would have made a difference, you know, at least by a few seconds, he could have stayed ahead of him. Uh, mm-hmm. And Charles could have got that grip, but still, Charles, Charles, man, he gave it his best. Even in that Ferrari, holding off, you know, holding off Merck, you yeah. know, behind him, and even uh, just holding off Lando also, who's not too far behind, was yeah. pretty good. Uh, and another person, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go I ahead. Think this is, uh, you know, really made the midfield battles just that much more interesting because now. It is uh, more, more, much. I mean, there are now. I think Ferrari and McLaren are equal right now in podium finishers. Yeah. Uh, where uh, I mean, both McLaren has both of them to Lando's name, and now Carlos and uh, Leclerc both have one each. But I think that makes the entire fight a lot more interesting in the midfield between Ferrari and McLaren, and of course between uh, Aston Martin and uh, Alpine. A little more. I mean, of course, to, this time was. Extremely unfortunate for Vettel. I mean, the guy spun out and, you know, towards the end of the race, he's like, yeah, nah, screw it, man. Let's just pit and get over with it because there's no... He make-up. had an overheating problem is what the official uh, reason for retirement was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see, mm-hmm. I see. And also for the crash, you know, the Verstappen's crash, uh, they say 51 Gs, but actually, uh, actual impact was more like 73 Gs. And the amount of force, you know, that he experienced with over uh, 5,200 kgs, you know, rushing oh, against his man. body. 5,200. Uh, oh, yeah. God. And okay. could you imagine, you know, uh, the fact that he didn't break his back is uh, is amazing, you know, uh, I, I mean, would say. testament to the, the engineering, safety engineering that the, you know, people yeah. at F1 and FI are putting in. I mean, God, for yeah. I guess that's yeah. why these seat fits are so important, you know, that the seat yeah. is to the shape of their back, I think. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's, why they, that's why they take so much time, you know, even for the uh, much. fitting the seats, the seat fitting itself. I think mm-hmm. the driver spend a day, you know, just getting all yeah. set it up and, you know, making it so tailor-made to their body size so then they don't face his impact. Exactly. And, you know, seeing the car later on, the fact that, you know, he's not faced anything... Uh, serious, you know, is yep. is, uh, is amazing. I would say, God truly saved him, and even the car, uh, cars generally, modern yes. F1 cars are so much more safer. Although last year, the 2020, we saw the worst of it, but I think 2021, hopefully nothing like that happens. You know what happened in 2020, but yeah, yep. uh, certainly this was a crash for Verstappen, and you know, obviously he's doing well. Uh, I think there's an Instagram post now. He's come, but I still can't imagine the the shock he would have gone through. You know, at that time. Definitely. I mean, the, I just hope that this crash doesn't negatively impact his performance um, moving on. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. it's whole. It's 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 completely different thing f- to be physically able to race, and other completely different realm to be mentally able to to mentally you know be in that positive state. To you know to mentally take that you know uh, <laughs> to actually take that whole incident in his mind the fact that you know he just spun out at that force and uh, hit the barriers yeah it's definitely going to take a lot of willpower for him and uh, obviously he's going to be ready for his next grand prix uh, so yeah so i guess i think that should come to the end of our uh, silverstone uh, grand prix weekend um, yeah. definitely an eventful one uh, a bad weekend for uh, max mm-hmm. and uh, Charles, I would say, and bagged weekend for Red Bull, but a good weekend for Merck. Uh, 
they've managed to creep up close to Red Bull now in terms of points. They're very close in terms of constructors and uh, the championship, the gap between the drivers now. So let's see. Moving on to our next race, which is uh, Hungary, Hungaro uh, Ring, which is on the 1st of August. Yeah, I think in two weeks, right, guys? Uh, it's yes. another week. Yeah, week and a half, right? About, yep. yeah. Yes, so, and right after that is, I think, going to be my favorite circuit of all time. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's going to be a good race. Yeah. Yes. So, I think this has been a great weekend, guys. Uh, Absolutely. An amazing weekend. Yeah. So, thanks for everyone listening. Things going to come to an end. Does Namit and Ujwan want to say anything, talk about anything else before we end? Um. Uh, I would just like to say a few things. Number one, I think uh, a few things. I, I think some of the, I mean, firstly, uh, congrats to Daniel Ricciardo as well. I mean, his first top five finish uh, yeah, yeah. of the 2021 season. And congrats yeah. to him. I feel really happy. Ricardo uh, he's finally slowly getting to grips with the McLaren. Uh, he did sure. well yes, uh, he in Austria as well. He finished P6, I think. Yeah, and now he's P5. So I back, think slowly okay. uh, we're getting the old Ricky back. Um and I feel a little sad, a little sad for Vettel and Perez as well. I mean, extremely talented drivers just let down by a couple of incidents. Um, sure. yeah. And of course, a heart out for Lando after the events of Euro 2020. Hope he gets yes. better. And of course, Max after Sunday's crash. And uh, But whatever it is, full steam ahead for the championship battle and the midfield battle is going to get more and more interesting as we speak. Ferrari yeah. and McLaren are going to be battling it out more than ever ever before, and Alpine and Aston Martin as well. Um, has of course has a lot of time to improve, uh, and you know, I think Williams with George Russell. I think George Russell will probably value his one point more than Lewis values his seven championship titles. I think that's how the situation is right <laughs> now. Um, but whatever said and done, I think uh, to end this, guys, um, to all the people who uh, hold racist abuses at you know Lewis Hamilton, again a same message again. Keep the talk of races about the Grand Prix and not about the drivers, please. Honest request. Thank you very much for hearing from me, Namit. Um, I think you beautifully covered all the points, Ujjal, and you too, Kevin. Um, I just have to say to all the aspiring racing drivers out there. Uh, think twice before you stick one down the inside, huh? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite true. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, they have to think about it. Yeah, and anyone who's uh, who will be racing at the Silverstone track for a track day as well, I think they they're going to want to experience that. Anyhow, guys, I think it's been uh, a fairly good episode, and um, thank you, listeners, for listening to another uh, episode of Turbotrans Podcast. Yes, we're back now, and uh, yeah. Hope to uh, hope to release our next episode after the Hungaro Ring. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Turbo Trans Podcast, the podcast for all things cars, the special F1 segment. Ah!